I want to tell you something. For the last few weeks, I've been off work with stress. Now don't worry, I'm feeling much better now after taking some time for myself. But how I healed might surprise you. I didn't totally step away from work. In fact, I embraced it. And I think you should too. Confused? Stick around to hear more. Hey everyone, this is Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about international education across countries and cultures. I'm Shane Leaning and I work in teaching and leadership development. And in this show, I speak to the educators, leaders and innovators making a difference around the world. Every other week's an interview and in between I share leadership reflections to help you lead effectively in your school. And that's what today's episode is. If you like this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm on all three and always respond to messages. So let's talk about stress. There is a lot of pressure in education leadership across different cultures, across different countries, which sets a real context for why stress is a really common occurrence in our schools. Now, there are many different reasons for stresses, but in international schools, there are generally some themes that stresses fall under, and you might recognise a couple of these yourself. Firstly is cross-cultural communication and misunderstandings. So we know our international schools have staff and students from so many different cultural backgrounds, and misunderstandings due to these differences can often lead to conflicts of miscommunication, which can be a real source of stress. Now, I live in China, and this is where I've lived for the last 10 years, and I can really attest to the fact that sometimes those cultural differences can really stress us out. Secondly, and this is kind of true for for any industry, not just international schools, but high expectations in accountability. Now, you can relate that international schools are often held to really high standards with parents, for example, school boards and communities really expecting top-tier performance, as they're often paying top-tier prices. And leaders are, of course, accountable for maintaining these standards. And this can be really stressful. Thirdly is staffing and retention. Now, hiring and retaining really good staff in a competitive international environment can be a real major stressor. And we know that, on average, international schools have a higher turnover than national schools because teachers are moving around the world. And then there's the also the added stress of navigating visa requirements and logistics for expat staff. Fourth, I'd say, would be regulatory compliance. So international schools often have to comply with the education laws of their host country, even though maybe the school is modelled on an education system from another country, for example, British schools in China or American schools in South America. And this can be a significant source of stress. And finally, I'd say financial management as well. So ensuring the school's financial sustainability while also providing that high quality education that we promise can be really challenging. And this becomes more difficult if that school's dependent on tuition fees, which can really fluctuate with changes in the expat population. And my goodness, we've all experienced that over COVID with students often moving back to their host countries during the pandemic, which has created real challenges and real stresses for leaders in our school. These stresses that I've just described are actually major stresses, right? We can all identify them in very clear ways in our roles. But also there's a lot of stress that can come in jobs from micro stresses that we might not really acknowledge on a day-to-day basis, but can really build up over time and stress us out. For example, language barrier. If the school is located in a non-English speaking country, language barriers can cause daily stresses like from understanding administrative documents, 
to communicating with local staff or parents. You know, one for me I can really relate to working for an international organisation is time zone differences. So coordinating with your home offices, parents or other entities in different time zones can be really taxing and can, in fact, interrupt work-life balance. And it often does. There's also cultural nuances, understanding and respecting different customs and holidays, for example, or adjusting to local norms and dealing with even the potential culture shock can all contribute to stress. We've talked about parent expectations, those small daily conversations that can cause stress. And there's also things like local infrastructure. So in some locations, you might experience things such as unreliable internet, maybe transport issues, or limited access to resources. These can all lead to daily micro-stresses. Given these major stresses and given these micro-stresses, it is crucial for leaders to find effective ways to manage this stress. So as I said at the beginning, I've actually just had to take off a few weeks of work to really focus on my mental health. Now, the stresses that came for me were a lot of the above, you know, a real mix of major stresses and micro stresses that built up to a point where I felt, actually, I need to take some time to reset myself. My initial stress management techniques, of course, I leaned into those things that we all know we should be doing. So, for example, I like running. So I've been running every day. I've been trying to eat healthily, really limiting my alcohol consumption and also practicing mindfulness. I've actually been using the app, you probably know, Headspace, which has a brilliant stress management section. And these strategies, of course, are essential for maintaining that physical and mental health. But also a common piece of advice is that when we take time off for stress, we should completely disconnect from work. It makes sense, right? Switch off from everything from work and really focus on yourself. This is conventional wisdom and it's being brought up in studies as well. That's really shown disengaging from work during non-work time can be beneficial. We see many studies that show that switching off in the evening, switching off in the weekend is good. However, I would argue we need a slightly more nuanced understanding of this strategy. And there's a reason for this. I think in certain occupations and certainly for educational leadership, These roles are deeply intertwined with your personal identity. They are with me. Therefore, my thinking was completely disconnecting from work might not actually be feasible and it might not even be beneficial for everyone. So in my personal journey, what I did was to actually choose to lean into a specific part of work that I love the most. And this has been crucial in my journey. Now, what I'm not saying is I just continued with my work. No, I didn't. Yes, I took the time off. I took it off in sick. So, you know, I put my out of office auto reply on my emails. I switched off from some of my major projects. You know, I really took a big step aside from work. And so I'm not saying you just carry on as normal. Of course, that can't work. However, I chose to really lean into a very specific part of my work and a part of education that I love. And for me, that was actually my podcast. So leaning into my passion project, which is my podcast, functioned as a resource that really helped me to manage those feelings. And there's a lot of research that actually supports this approach that shows engaging in the work that you really love can actually help well-being. So this is all about using a passion project as a tool for stress management. In my case, using my podcast as that example. 
obviously podcasters still work. It's still deeply connected to education in a way. It's my thing on the side, but it's definitely related. So there would have been a a temptation to stop doing it. But actually, that's something that I love. And I felt like, you know, if I had actually just totally cut this out, when I was going to return to work, I'd actually be filled with that uh, sinking feeling in my stomach, that anxiety, that stress that I already had. And you shouldn't really dread going back to work, especially if it's a vocation, which education is. There's actually a bit of psychology behind why this works as well. So the main one is about the concept of intrinsic motivation, which we know a lot about with our students, of course. We know that activities that align with our core values and interests can really fulfill our psychological needs for things like autonomy and need for competence and relatedness, thereby reducing stress. So finding a balance is really important. I've been planning, recording podcast episodes and sharing them on social media throughout in addition to work on my physical and mental health. And this has actually, in my mind, led to a much stronger recovery. So look, most schools around the world now have got the summer holidays coming up, which is why I wanted to share this message with you now in preparation for your downtime in the summer. And of course, as educators, we know we never fully switch off, but we try to, right? You should probably plan a holiday, probably planning something, time for yourself. But my advice would not to be totally isolate education because that's what you're passionate about. That's what you love. Really reconnect with your passions in education. Maybe this is something like reading a book. Maybe there's an educational book that you wanted to get around to read, you wanted to explore, but the day-to-day of school life just means that you haven't got around to it. Take the time to engage and enjoy and soak up those author's words. Maybe you're not a reader. Maybe you like to, like me, listen to a lot of podcasts. Take the time. Go through Get a bit of binging on those podcast episodes that you haven't had the chance to listen to and really reconnect with those other educators talking about the things that you love. Or maybe there's a project in school that you wanted to get planning, you just haven't been able to get around to it. So maybe it's the time to kind of start thinking, oh, well, how would I like that project to to work? How would I like it to look? And can I do a little bit of planning for that? I'm not saying do your day-to-day role over the summer, but I'm saying are there things that you didn't get around to doing that you're really deeply passionate about that can be a part of your recovery, a part of your healing and rest. So three key takeaways from me from this episode. Firstly is that stress is a totally common occurrence in education leadership and it just needs effective management strategies. So conventional stress management strategies like exercise, healthy eating and mindfulness are essential. But completely disconnecting from the work might not be the right solution for everyone. I advise leaning into the aspects of your work that you really love and that can serve as effective stress management strategies. Harnessing passion as a tool for healing is not only therapeutic, but also can help prevent associating education with stress. And the summer holidays can be an amazing opportunity for education leaders to really reconnect with their passion in education which can really help that dread of returning to work. I hope you found today's short episode useful. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning, and original music is by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, I really do encourage you to leave a rating wherever you listen. It really does help. And click that subscribe and follow button if you haven't done already. I'll see you next week.